You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on Palm Sunday, April 5th, 2020, by the Reverend Steve Best, Associate for Couples and Family Life at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After telling a parable to the crowd at Jericho, Jesus went on ahead, going on to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to uh, to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks onto the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. A very wise teacher once told me, Steve, if you are going to be truly freed from worry, you will need to embrace uncertainty long enough to learn from it. That doesn't make any sense at all to me. Her words remind me of the prophet Isaiah in today's reading. The Lord has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary. At the time, I wasn't exactly sure why my professor needed to say this to me, but she did. Perhaps she intuitively knew that this was and remains my growing edge. It is still my growing edge. I'm fond of saying of the 1% of my life that I can control, I want 1,000% control of the 1%. (laughs) We are beginning this holy week with unprecedented uncertainty. From figuring out how to creatively participate in our time-honored liturgies, granted in altered and virtual forms, to how to prepare to receive the joy of Easter as it arrives when jobs evaporate, more die from the virus, stock market and retirement funds continue to decline, hospitals and countries compete for medical supplies that will likely remain in short supply long after Easter Day. Yes, our 
Heads are spinning with uncertainty as we struggle to find something or someone to anchor us. Even the test itself for COVID-19 puts us into a tailspin. As one person cleverly put it, if you're positive that it's a negative test result, then it's a positive thing. A false negative may not be a positive thing, however. It could be fake news. Then again, a positive result may not be negative since it too may be a false positive, in which event that would be positive news that it might be, in fact, a negative result, which would be the most positive outcome. <laughs> yes, we need to learn how to embrace uncertainty long enough to learn, to grow, to be transformed by it even, regardless of whether we welcome it or not. Believe it or not, we have arrived at Palm Sunday, and just like in Jesus' day, it's a day which triggers uncertainty and confusion, contradictory thoughts and feelings and motivations, and yes, reveals the very worst and best in our human nature. It begins with the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, a street lined with the hopes and dreams of enthusiastic followers, welcoming the arrival of a long-awaited Messiah, who they hope will save and liberate them. And then it all concludes with a sobering remembering of our Lord's passion on the cross and its dark veil of uncertainty regarding the future. For many of us, this may be the first time in our lives that we have entered Holy Week with the same kind of radical uncertainty and disequilibrium that marked the experience of the first Christians. As one writer put it, not to the gates of Jerusalem alone does Jesus ride today, but to the gates of our hearts. Jesus' arrival to Jerusalem revealed all the divisions that lie within the human heart and within any community, large or small. We are told that when Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who and what is this that has arrived? Interesting, the root word in Greek for turmoil is used in, that's used in this passage is also the same word that we use for seismic event, intensely stirred up, shaken. It's a volatile collision of multiple groups of people with different agendas, experiences, and motivations. On the one hand, we have the group of loyal followers of Jesus who have come from outside of Jerusalem, from Galilee and the outskirts of the Holy City, who had witnessed the raising of Lazarus from the dead and other great miracles and teachings of Jesus. These were likely ones who first laid down the palms and shouted at the top of their lungs, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest heaven. On the other hand, there were, was the crowd inside of Jerusalem who had so much invested in maintaining and protecting the status quo that they couldn't afford to empower a movement that could overthrow everything that they had come to know and benefit from. This privileged crowd of religious and political leaders and financial power brokers were already plotting to kill him even before Jesus's humble ride into Jerusalem began. And let's not forget the third group that many of us can relate to, the undecided voters who hadn't made up their mind yet on what to do. This is the group 
too full of doubts, too full of fears, too full of questions to risk failure, risk health problems, or risk anything that is worse than that. They were the ones counting the cost, counting the cost of following Jesus, and ultimately decided Jesus' fate by either choosing to free Barabbas or remain silent in the face of injustice. The Gospel of Matthew adds a very important detail to Luke's version of the story today. The whole city was in turmoil as a spiritual earthquake had hit, and so many were left running for cover, even Jesus' most committed disciples. Today, my beloved Christians, sisters and brothers, we also are in a place of turmoil. Not to the gates of Jerusalem alone does Jesus ride today, but to the gates of our cities, to the gate of our hearts and families. I've been paying close attention to my own spiritual pulse as I encounter the temptations that have not been present, at least present in this degree, on other Lenten journeys I've been on. For example, this week I caught myself over-distancing myself from a deeply distressed neighbor who revealed from a distance of over 30 feet that she had the virus, would soon be losing her job, and would likely be selling her home and moving. Despite, despite the gravitational pull of the Holy Spirit to move closer to her, I literally found myself backing away, backing my way into the safety of my house. I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul said when he encountered the darkness and the fear within his heart. For I don't understand what I'm doing, for I do not do what I want, instead I do what I hate. These are the kinds of dilemmas and far greater ones that we'll be facing over the coming months. How are we to hold the tensions created by the uncertainty, the fears, and the turmoil of these times? And yet, even from our virtual vantage points, I invite you to sing your hosannas anyway and wave your palms in acknowledgement that Jesus continues to ride into our city as he did so many centuries ago in Jerusalem. We wave our palms of love when our neighbors, our friends, and our family reach out to us, even from afar. We wave our palms of love when we see the compassion of healthcare workers bringing healing into the world and serving the most vulnerable despite the risks. We wave our palms of love when technology makes communication possible when it not otherwise would be. We wave our palms of love when much-needed medical assistance arrives by military personnel and other means. We wave our palms of love when our bishops write letters to governors, passionately advocating for the unsheltered to receive assistance. We wave our palms of love when musicians lift up our hearts with their music. And yes, we wave our palms of love when Christians and Muslims, Jews, Hindus, Buddhists, and people of other faiths and beliefs come together and unite in prayer. Dear friends, it is times like these that reveal our true and inner nation, uh, inner soul of our nation. And whether we allow Jesus to ride into the gates of our hearts, or will we close the gate, put away our palms, close our doors, and let Jesus ride right on by? It is times like these that we look around us with open eyes, and despite all the fear and the confusion, 
we boldly proclaim together, Hosanna anyway. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Amen. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.